I want you to do me a favor. Yeah, sure. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. What? Let it out. I want you to hit me. Trust me. Come on. Come on. Stop trying to hit me and hit me. Hit me, baby, one more time. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to Hit Me One More Time, the Nostalgia Reflection Podcast, where we look at the things that we loved when we were younger and ask the question, is this good? I'm David Luzader, and with me, of course, is Nick Shermooksness. Nick, hello. Hello, David. How's it going? Doing well. How are you? I am doing well myself. I was trying to come up with a um, like fictional character avatar for the podcast. I mean, you could basically say any random word and it would work as a name based on the gorilla's template. <laughs> BB. Okay, now we're getting into Star eight. Wars territory. Okay, oh boy. BB there we go. Boom. I think I. Now that sounds familiar. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why either. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm just going to be BB 8 today. That's, that's right. who I am. Well, joining me as always is BB 8. And I'm. <laughs> Oscar Isaac. Uh, I wish I was Oscar Isaac. Jeez. Wow. There's so many layers to that declaration. Yeah. You know? I, like, I made myself sad that I'm not Oscar Isaac when I said that. <laughs> well, we have a, a guest with us. The same people have called the Oscar Isaac of health podcasting. At least that's what I'm declaring him right now. He was a guest we had on before we're having him back we're excited to have him here it is of course rishi b of healthy schmelthy rishi b welcome back to the show thank you and please uh for purposes of this episode refer to me as princess leia <laughs> nice. oh nice. it's gonna get real confusing especially when we start getting into <laughs> like, like this has names. nothing to do with star wars and this i <laughs> i it's like i didn't have the the notes up i couldn't i could i was trying to remember like the gorilla's character names so I, by the way, we're talking about gorillas, but, um, so I was like, it's like burdocks. I don't know. B, you know, yeah, whatever, like the kind of DJ sounding noodle. names. And then I was like, B, B. And then I kind of like went one, two, three, four. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm just going to stop by. Oh, that's star Wars. <laughs> like <laughs> nothing I mean, to do with the subject, but that's where I landed. If there's any musical group that I could see existing in some way in star Wars, I feel like gorillas because they are like a virtual group, you know, they they're, they could be weird alien people. I could see gorillas hanging out there. For sure. Rishi, like in the cantina. Oh, yeah. A cantina where they're just playing. I mean, if you watch the music videos for or any performances like for the gorillas, they would totally be the cantina vibe. Yeah. Rishi, we had you on before. Uh, you talked about healthy schmelty, but in case... Anybody who is listening now, you know, maybe they didn't listen to that episode, but they saw gorillas and are digging in. What is Healthy Schmelthy all about? Healthy Schmelthy is the public health podcast sorting through whatever's going on in the news that relates to healthcare, which right now, I, I can't think of anything right yeah. now that would come to mind. No, nothing That's at all. Like a big health thing. Um, but yeah, uh, just kind of sorting through the news. There's actually a lot of stuff going on in the news and a lot of uh, policy stuff that's been happening in America and uh, elsewhere internationally, that's not COVID-related, if you could believe it. And uh, I help you believe it by <laughs> preaching to you via my podcast, uh, Healthy Schmelty. I'm actually just 
wrapped up doing a couple episodes about having a healthy relationship with politics, mm-hmm. uh, which was based off a little thought that I had that like, oh man, getting so wrapped up with politics is actually like quite stressful. <laughs> and, uh, so I have a couple episodes related to that. Um, David and Nick came on a while ago uh, talking about nostalgia, uh, which was an interesting podcast early on in the pandemic when, uh, you know, mental health and everything was like kind of like big in the news and stuff. Um, but yeah, check, check it out. Healthy Schmelty at the podcast player nearest you. People should definitely check it out. I remember last time we had you on, we did kind of talk about how COVID had dominated everything. Is it nice now that like, you know, that's COVID still a thing. We're all still aware of it and keeping, uh, keeping it in probably the back of our mind, especially with like the Delta variant and everything. But is it nice now to kind of have the focus not be only on COVID, but on all these other things that are also happening? Yeah, it definitely is really nice. Um, I actually, right around the time COVID had hit, I was wanting to do like more practical subject matter, like um, it, like old wives' tales, like, I don't know, like drinking red wine is good for your heart or um, like what are Q-tips used for? Like, I wanted to do like more practical stuff. And then COVID hit, I was like, oh, dang, I need to become an epidemiologist now. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so that was, uh, yeah, that was a lot. So yeah, I am glad that we're uh, that we're we're moving on bit by bit, day by day, shot by shot, step by step, learning every way. <laughs> we're uh, <laughs> moving away from the pandemic. Oh, step by step. Now, Q-tips, my understanding, should go as deep into the ear canal as possible. Is that right? Legit. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Great. That is correct. While, I'm a on, while on fire. Well, Ooh, yikes. Well, you're on fire. The Q-tip shouldn't be on fire. That would... Right, no, that's that's crazy. That's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Well, we're going to move on to the topic now, because, Rishi, you brought to us, we did mention before, we're talking gorillas, but not just gorillas. We are talking Demon Days by Gorillas. This 2005 alternative rock slash hip-hop slash trip-hop slash art rock slash pop album was the second released by the British band Gorillas and explores themes of dealing with our own personal demons, as well as the effect that humans are having on the planet. So, you know, nice, light, breezy, easy topics. Nothing but positive things. (laughs) Yeah. Rishi, you brought this here. What is your history with Demon Days, and why did you decide to bring it to the podcast? Yeah, so when I was thinking about stuff that we could talk about for the show, I wanted to talk about things that had hit me, um, you know, is there a bell or something to ring when I say the phrase that's the title of the podcast? <laughs> yeah, maybe I should. <laughs> I didn't actually intend to do that. But let's just say I did. Uh, things that had hit me when I was uh, a wee lad that really struck a chord with me. Um, so 2005, you mentioned. So that year I was a freshman in, uh, in college. And um, when I got to college, that's really, and probably for a lot of people, that's really when my musical exploration started. Um, but I was, I was pretty, like, I, I feel like it took me a long time to get into music. Uh, heading up to that in my adolescence, most of the music I was listening to was whatever my parents were listening to, which was the oldie station here in Detroit. And um, that was all I was essentially listening to. I was well on my way to becoming like, a hipster that was talking about how like music will never be good as it was in the seventies, even though I hadn't grown up in the seventies and um, listening to uh, demon days and a couple of other albums, but I would put demon days at the top of that. Um, these 
this type of music and you, you were listing off the all the genres that I could hit right um mm -hmm. it, one thing that it really did for me was it kind of took the old sound uh, rock sounds of yesterday kind of blended it with all this rap stuff that was becoming hot at the time and it really helped propel me to like understanding that there's more there's more to life than uh you know than the oldies hits of the 70s uh i could take i could still appreciate all this rock stuff i could still listen to this rap stuff and um yeah i just needed something to help kind of bridge into today's music and it really just listening to the demon days and then digging into damon albarn and digging into just all the different genres and stuff that they were uh, you know peeling off from for the album just really just opened my mind musically very cool I'm excited to dig more into that and see the kind of lasting effects it's had. But Nick, what about you? Are you a big Gorillaz fan? Did Demon Days play any sort of big part in your life? Oh, man. Um, I mean, it's okay if the answer is no. No, I mean, it's, I, I'm trying to hold on to my hipster cred here, of course. But um, <laughs> no, um, well, yes. So A, uh, I, I'm pretty sure... I don't think I have had an overall like super meaningful relationship with Gorillaz. Um, uh, definitely, I think was introduced to it by a friend in either late high school or early college. Um, and um, like Feel Good Inc., I think is a song that's just, you know, occasionally pops up in the back of my head every once yep. in a while. Um, but honestly, like I, I think I just dropped off at some point, like unless like a, a random gorilla song would come on a random playlist, like as we've established on this podcast, whenever we do an album, <laughs> I am terrible when it comes to music. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I like gorillas, uh, um, and I enjoy their music uh, and it was actually pretty cool to be able to revisit them in a more like focused way. Uh, cause I don't think I ever, even back in the day, you know, where like in early college, it feels like you know music like what's your favorite music is kind of question you ask potential friends and or um, romantic relationships um and uh so but but actually being able to listen to it you know more constructively uh, i think was an interesting experience which we can dive into but long story short aware of gorillas have listened to gorillas enjoy gorillas um but no real like special story around them I really like that you pronounce it with the Z. Uh, you like make a point of saying like gorillas instead of just like gorillas, which is how, <laughs> and like that, that is like, that is, I am not mocking you. I actually really do like and appreciate that you like distinguish it. Gorillas. <laughs> I, I got into the gorillas in high school. Um, now I'm like, should I say it that way? <laughs> I remember when they're, when their album, um, when, like just the self-titled album like Gorillas came out in like 2001 um some years later seeing because this was like in the waning days of music videos being on like MTV and VH1 and I would see the the music video for um for Clint Eastwood and it just being this like really weird different thing because it's this animated band and I'm at this yeah. age of like, you know, like, oh, that's weird and different. Like, I'm really curious what it is. And I remember my friend Giorgio in high school being into the gorillas and, and further kind of introducing me to them. Um, and then being aware, like when this album came out and really like getting into it. Um, I really liked this album when it first came out and listened to it a whole bunch. Um, I also bought the the Demon Days, the like live uh, 
I forget what it's called. It might just be Demon Days Live. You know, that's how creative that is. Um, and that is a great, it, that is a great concert video. Um, it's a really, really cool show that was put yeah. on because, because they, obviously there is a real life band, but when they put on shows, they make it this whole production. They have all these screens and there's like the outlines of the actual band. Like they, they, they go out and they make it this really unique experience and it's really, really, really cool. And I really still want to see um, Gorillaz live if that one day could come to me. Yeah, same here. As time has gone on, um, I would say that my like love for the album hasn't necessarily diminished, but you know, other stuff has come up, and like every once in a while, listening to like Feel Good Inc. or or Kids with Guns or something like that, like one of those like I just oh this song is in my head and I want to listen to it, but I haven't really gone back to this album. Kind of fell off of Gorillaz. I didn't love Plastic Beach. Um, there's stuff on Plastic Beach that like I like just fine, but it didn't hit me in the way that this one did. And then Humans, which came out um, a few years ago, Humans kind of had a similar impact on me as Demon Days did when it first came out. I listened to, to Humans a whole bunch and really, really enjoyed that album. So I kind of have like an off again, off on relationship with the gorillas. Um, they just kind of hitting me at different times in my life. Uh, but for this album, sort of similar, Nick, to what you were saying, I haven't listened to it all the way through and maybe thought about it constructively. So that was a really interesting thing to do. And we're going to break down our thoughts, get into our discussion with all of that. But before we do, Nick, can you tell us the world's history with Demon Days? Sure can. So, um, sort of touched around this, but uh, gorillas, so, <laughs> gorillas uh, apparently, are a virtual uh, band created by English musician Damon Albarn and artist Jamie Hewlett. Uh, Remy Kabaka Jr. would eventually be considered a regular fixture of the group. Uh, what's what's a virtual band? You ask. Virtual bands are fictional music groups that are usually that usually employ animated characters as avatars to deliver the musical experience, kind of like David was talking about with their concerts. Uh, maybe you've heard of Hatsune Miku or the Archies or Alvin and the Chipmunks. They would also fall under virtual artists or bands. Uh, Gorilla's fictional <laughs> members. Wait, hold on. I, I I love that you have just put Alvin and the Chipmunks and Hatsune Miku in the yeah. same <laughs> the same grouping. I. It was very intentional. Um, uh, Gorilla's fictional members include 2D, Murdoch Nichols, Noodle, and Russell Hobbs. Uh, and now, because of us, includes Princess Leia, BB-8, and Oscar and, Isaac. Um, <laughs> Oscar Isaac. <laughs> Uh, the the reality though is Albarn is the only permanent musical con contributor, but works with a variety of fellow music artists to produce the music, blending in elements of hip hop, electronic music, and others to create a distinctly postmodern sound. I don't fully understand what I'm saying, but I'm sure someone gets it. Uh, Gorilla's first self-titled album released in 2001 and reached number three in the UK and number 14 in the US, and has sold over seven million copies. Uh, also a fun fact, this album earned the group a place in the Guinness Book of World Records as the most successful virtual band. Take that, Hatsune Miku. Um, whatever. Uh, as David mentioned before, Demon Days released in 2005, just a few years later, Hewlett said the group wanted to prove the gr that Gorillaz was not a gimmick. Uh, it was inspired by Albarn's trip through impoverished rural China, and the duo enlisted the aid of American producer Brian Burton, who you might know as Danger Mouse, to help produce it. Upon release, Demon Days debuted at number one in the UK, number six in the US. It went six times platinum in the UK 
and double platinum in the US and not to be outdone uh, triple platinum in Australia. Uh, I still don't know what this means, though. I'm assuming it just means it sold a lot. Yes. Yes, that means that it sold a lot of copies. I didn't realize that going I mean, going six times platinum in the UK, two times platinum in the US, three times in other, like that's dang, good for them. Yeah. Good job. Yes. So one thing with Gorilla's albums that I always find interesting is they start, or at least maybe with Demon Days, I know Humans did it as well. They start with this kind of like overture sound. Yeah. Um, that's a really interesting introduction to the album you know it's kind of setting the tone of like what it's going to be I mean, i'm just curious if anybody has any any thoughts on that listening to it now kind of maybe with more of that critical ear like if that did that intro hit you anyway did it kind of like set you set your mind in a way of like well this is this is kind of the feel we're going to be getting here yeah i don't like it <laughs> <laughs> really um yeah you know I, I i like the gorillas a lot and um this album you know it's such a big album to me but one thing that really struck me on this go around is how much i didn't like what i kind of felt was filler mm. and the intro that bit it, it's cool but, but i i don't know i just like i want to and you know the the first track is that intro like you're saying and then the second track is the last living souls i feel like Man, I want to get into it, you know? Like, let's get right into Last Living Souls. Like, maybe make the intro of Last Living Souls a little bit longer. But mm. um, let's let's get into it, man. We got some souls that are, that are the last ones. I got to <laughs> find out about them. <laughs> yeah, it's a minute long, the intro is. It does drag a little bit. And you said something that I wasn't necessarily going to kind of bring up right away. Um, while there's still a lot about this album that I really like, there are times of it, and you said the word filler. I think that's a really good way of putting it. I was going to just say there's times where it's just kind of noise. And yeah. it doesn't feel constructive in the same way that some of the other songs do. Um, I, I, I wish I'd written down which one. It's one of, the, one of the early ones. I think it's O Green World. There's like a part of maybe like O Green World that it's I'm just kind of like, what, what are we doing? Like, what is happening here? You can cut this part out of the song. I don't think you lose anything. Yeah. Well, so like I I, I even like think like whole tracks like it the the top ones for me. I mean, and I hate to poop on something immediately because uh, I do like the album. And um, like you're saying, David, there's a lot of songs in here that um, really s strike a chord with me. But yeah, intro and then the whole track "White Light." Like I feel like we could just lose White those light. and. Uh, but but that's just my personal. And and you know, David, like you're saying, "Oh, Green World." I actually like that song a lot. I, I wouldn't put that as filler. <laughs> uh, but I guess that's why music is subjective. Yeah, I, I'm and I, I wish that I because I was listening to this while I was like driving my car and while I was walking my dog, so I I didn't think to necessarily like oh I got to write down exactly what this oh. part is. Um, but it might it might even be like white light. Uh, Nick, do you have any thoughts on like the uh, the filler idea, or were there any tracks in here that you were just on? Um, I mean, I'm never great with the the song names. Um, basically, if it wasn't like uh, I have the album here just so I can remind myself while we talk. Um, 
yeah basically like like for example the intros we've already said um when it's just sort of like the the ambient noise or whatever or even when it's i think the thing with songs like last living souls or feel good ink or um was it um every planet we reach is dead i might be or maybe it was fire coming out of the monkey's head like the song like they're so distinct in their beats and like they're they really get into you um so when you just sort of then fade into just sort of like that's my rendition of a gorillas uh (laughs) by the way um i i just kind of tune it out you know i'm i'm listening i was listening while i was driving i was listening um while i was playing a video game i was listening while i was drawing so for me um you know it was just it was just background noise that meant you know nothing it didn't it didn't bring me to impoverished china basically you know <laughs> as as much as some of the other songs did what songs brought you to impoverished china i don't know man i just said that <laughs> now i like have nothing to back it up <laughs> uh, let's just say every plant we reach is dead there we go <laughs> sure just like china yeah just like china i mean it's hey, hey it's a good it's a good track uh, i'm not going to not going to dispute that i was actually just listening to that track just before we got recording it's a good one. So let's. We've talked a little bit about maybe stuff that we didn't love about it, uh, but let's talk about. I mean, obviously there is you know feel good ink. Feel good ink was the the hit track. Still a great song. Um, I don't think we can you know say anything really bad about feel good ink. Uh, Dare was another one that I remember being yeah. fairly popular when this came out, and I thought Dare was off like the previous album, which. Nick, I assume you haven't, but Rishi, have you seen the music video for Dare? Yeah, yeah. Where it's the, the, head the, the giant head the thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's it's a little freaky. But what maybe off the beaten path of the singles, what ones listening now this time around stuck out to you? Uh to me? Yeah. Or anyone, yeah. Oh, I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, uh Fire Coming Out of the Monkey's Head was something that Actually, there's there's two kind of off the beaten path, maybe. Um, Fire coming out of the monkey's head. I forgot how much I liked that, um, and uh, it just it, and now being a little bit older and uh, listening to lyrics more. That's something that uh, is a thing that I'm, I I is not just this album, just like a lot of stuff that I listened to as a kid. I have to like go back now now that I'm an old man with uh, big ears because now I'm listening to the lyrics and I can appreciate it more. Um, and then also, uh, so the very last song, Demon Days, is like one of my favorite songs. Um, that That's something like I took with me. Uh, Feel Good Inc., of course, but also uh, Demon Days, the last song, uh, is something I took with me. I just really loved that there was like a, a choir like coming into this like rap rock thing. And I just yeah. like really love that. But right before Demon Days is um, kind of like a intro to Demon Days in a way. Don't get lost in heaven, which is like sort of like teeing up to the choir thing. Mm-hmm. So fire coming out of the monkey's head and don't get lost in heaven. Uh, those are two things that like I kind of forgot about. And um, yeah, maybe off the beaten path a little bit. I love fire coming out of the monkey's head. I always have that. That's one that always stuck with me because uh, it's this it's on this unusual track of Dennis Hopper reading a story yeah. while the music's going on and then uh, there's some like musical interludes in between it. Meanwhile, down in the town, 
The happy folks slept restlessly, their dreams invaded by shadowy figures digging away at their souls. And, you know, as you said, listening now with more like discerning ear. But even back then, I feel like you kind of realize this is about oil. It's it's a good allegory because it's the whole idea is, you know, there's like there's the mountain and they're taking something out of it. And then like what's going to happen once the stuff is taken out of out of the mountain and, and what what he's writing a song about? There is oil and, you know, taking this stuff out of the earth that's supposed to be in there um, as as I read in one interview, you know, like what what damage does that do um, to the planet, to us as people? And to to put it in this, and not just like a song, but in this really interesting story that someone is reading, I think is is really actually fairly effective, and it's a cool track. Yeah, I mean, I didn't do any background reading on on the songs or anything, um, but just like the the overall beat and sort of like what's a good way to describe it? Almost like discomfort, you know? Like it's it the song finds a, a weird balance between. Um, you know, being sort of a, a approachable beat, like you like you hear it, like it, it instantly sort of grabs you once the beat gets going. Um, but also, like as you said, like with the the lyrics and just there's something sort of awkward about the song or whatever, sort of like an uncomfortable truth. You know, in this case, you know, as, especially now as you're explaining it, I'm kind of going back on it, where like you know we there's so many things that we take for granted in our day to day. You know, we might have these like opinions on like what we should or shouldn't do and like obviously we should protect the planet but you know i'm still gonna get in my car and drive it you know across town and burn some burn some gas which is coming out you know what i mean like there's it's it's like an uncomfortable true song that you're also supposed to like tap your foot to yeah yeah there's a really cool recent video i want to encourage people um if if you like that version definitely go listen to that i'll put a little bit of it in here but there was a recent one um, they did for Sound Machine Live, I think. Gorillaz did this whole big thing with, with Sound Machine Live, and they had uh, they did like a tweaked version, like a different kind of version, and they had Matt Berry doing the voiceover, reading oh, the story. Awesome. It's really good. I mean, it's really cool because it's, it's not just like the same version, but now instead of Dennis Hopper, it's Matt Berry, which would still be awesome, which would be, still be really cool. And as the strange folk mined deeper and deeper into the mountain, holes began to appear. But it, it feels a little bit different, and because it's like a live show, it's more performative than it is like just reading off the, uh, you know, reading off the, the story. Which Dennis Hopper does a great job. Not, I'm not knocking Dennis Hopper. I love Dennis Hopper. Oh, why am I? What do I feel like Dennis Hopper <laughs> fans are coming after me? I mean, we we were we were be, like being critical of you for your you know clear dislike of Dennis Hopper. So I think I you're love being a little no, defensive. Dennis Hopper's great. <laughs> Pop quiz, hot shot. <laughs> that, was, that was Dennis Hopper, right? Maybe I don't know. <laughs> oh, is that from uh, Speed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh, I've never actually I've never seen Speed. That's the, that's not what we're here to discuss. <laughs> yeah, but, but now we are. You've never seen Speed. Even I've seen Speed. And I don't watch anything. No, I, there's a, there's a I mean, there's a number of movies I just haven't seen because they kind of are always there, and because they're like so much of our zeitgeist that I feel like I like I know everything that happens in Speed. The bus there's goes fast. <laughs> that mostly sums it up. It's true. It's true. 
they don't <laughs> die. They jump a bridge at one point. I mean, I, you know, I know the highlights. Keanu's <laughs> there, Sandra Bullock. Fair enough. Dennis Hopper. You know who's not there, though? The gorilla. Um, yeah, the gorillas. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, I'm curious, Nick, what you're going to say. Gorillas. Um, Rishi, have you ever seen like the, the Demon Days live? No. And uh, you, you were saying that earlier that uh, you like to go to their show. So, and you also mentioned um, how you kind of fell off of them. I, I had kind of a similar experience. Um, and I was actually kind of looking into them uh, in preparation for this episode. Um, so they did their, I think it was the Plastic, uh, the plastic, plastic Beach or whatever Beach. that's called, mm-hmm. Plastic Island or whatever uh, album. And then they had a hiatus for about six years. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that that's what I kind of fell off of them. But um, now that I'm a... a gr- a grown ass man. Sorry if I couldn't swear. Now that I'm a grown butt man, um, <laughs> with uh, money and stuff, you know, like I would totally love to see them live. I was I was just reading uh, from a um, uh, from a music critic that uh, wh- whose opinions I appreciate. Uh, uh, Greg Cott. Uh, he he was talking uh, very like lavishly about like the show and how the like the lyrics. It like like when you're at the live show like some, somehow like the grit of the lyrics just like taps into you a little bit more and there's like a little bit of like a we, we're all in this together kind of thing against like the themes of the songs at mm. the live show it's like holy cow man this guy's talking so like intimately about the show i need to go there and see what's going on there that's really cool yeah it is something and we've talked a bit about the music but i mean i think we should talk about the virtual band aspect that they are Obviously, there's you know the, the human element. Um, there is Damon Alburn, yeah. you know, being like the one consistent thing. But because the rest of the band, or not the rest of the band, because the band of the Gorillas are this virtual, you know, they they are just cartoons on a screen. You can kind of have anybody behind the music, so you can have whoever you want to get the sound that you want. So if you're gonna have an album, you know, you can you can tailor the feel of it to kind of whatever you want which really makes them more of like more of a, a performance group than a mm-hmm. band kind of in a way yeah yeah i feel like it's something like you kind of have to experience yeah i guess like to your point david like you have to like to really like get into the gorillas you have to like experience like the whole thing and uh yeah, we'll watch that whole virtual thing happening. I, I remember they did a thing a while ago for like an MTV Awards or I don't know, something like that. Um, that's that's the only like live thing that I've seen of them. Why have they not done like this? They'd be perfect for like a VR thing. True. I think I think when I was younger, it it I I had trouble accepting. I I like to think this was a very 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 brief moment. But I really had trouble accepting this idea that they were like fictional band members. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm like, well, who? Like, and honestly, until I was prepping for this podcast, I didn't realize like Gorillaz was really one guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hewlett is the artist, yes, but like in terms of, I mean, I know that there's collaborators and all of that, but I thought I thought at least that there was like you know four people or whatever that had like their avatar identities, but were actually you know the real people behind it. So to find out that it's like two to three guys, you know, and whoever they bring in to collaborate with them is, was actually pretty eye opening. Yeah. I mean, it's the guy from blur. That's, that's one of my favorite things about it. 
is that it's the the dude from Blur's making this crazy art piece. I didn't, for the longest time, I didn't even think about who was behind the music. You know, I just I just accepted, and I, I probably, like you, Nick, I thought like, oh, this is just some little indie band th- that's hiding behind these uh, these avatars to like maybe stand out and be a little bit more interesting. Um, just for the longest time, I didn't even think about, you know, it's one guy who's behind it, who's doing it. Like they're switching out, they're doing all this stuff because it's all like the, the look of them is going to be cohesive from one album to the next, but it still gives them the space to experiment and, and do these weird, crazy, different things. Yeah. Um, I, I, so for me, um, it, it was like, get, like, it's almost like work, like a, a gorilla's album is like work because, um, you know, I kind of know like who are all the rappers that are, are that are in this. I got to look up all the bands and, and stuff. Like, um, it, like so when I listened to Demon Days, my rap, ex- my rap music experience was very slim at that point. And so, you know, there's there's all sorts of guys. Uh, Feel Good Inc., De La Soul, and so that led me into like a whole thing with '90s rap. And then um, November has come has MF Doom on it, and yeah. uh, so that led to like a whole indie rap thing and uh yeah i can i can like trace this album back to like why i listen to like certain rappers and stuff like that now yeah and danger mouse like the produced right. this album love danger mouse uh, and i i get i get that a little bit like in the more recent humans i kind of had a little bit too like well i want to go check out these people and they have mavis staples on that one um oh cool yeah humans is humans is really good uh, I don't want to detract from like talking about demon days, but yeah, I really, really like humans and, and it is cool of like, they, they talk about the, the blending of genres. You know, I, I joked about it earlier a little bit, but it is like, Oh, it's an alternative rock, but there's also hip hop, but there's also like trip hop, but there's also like pop in it. And they get to, to mix all these genres while having these lyrics that actually like mean something you know, talking about like escapism with with feel good ink and as we mentioned before, like all the environmental stuff that comes in, like fire coming out of the monkey's head. It's just a really cool crossroads of a lot of ideas that I'm really glad works and wasn't just like a terrible mess. <laughs> yeah, I was I was uh, thinking about like who, so, so like, like I like I kind of like fell off gorillas. Um, I, I, you know, I didn't really like that humans album that much, David, That's no, no shade at you, but, um, it, but you know, like I almost like got what I needed from gorillas from this album. And, um, and now I'm like listening to, to rap and, and all this other stuff now. Um, so it was kind of fun going back, but, uh, oh, shoot, I lost my train of thought, but, <laughs> uh, sorry, I, I lost my train of thought. Oh, no, you're, um, you're all good. I think gorillas. If you if you think of it, jump jump back in. But I, I will say, based kind of what you're saying, I think gorillas is a group that you can just like one album. Um, you don't need to be into all. And like there can be albums you don't like. Like I don't really like Plastic Beach that much. I think it's I appreciate some of it, but I don't love it as much as I love some of their other stuff. And I think this is like yeah. really a group where it's like, oh yeah, that album really spoke to me but they changed it all up by the next one and you know that one just didn't work for me yeah i just remembered what i was gonna say um uh, like this album in particular um 
because they're kind of using alternative rock, like you were saying, David, and mixing electronic and stuff with rap. Um, I think it's really good, and maybe maybe their entire uh, discography, but uh, good for people. I have a few people in my life who just like write off rap as like I don't know. They they just don't like see it as a very good like genre or even like as music. And uh, I think this this is pretty good like as a good introductory to like rap, like what rap could do, you know, because like you were saying earlier, David, like there's all these like different like themes and like kind of stories that they're shooting off with this album. Uh, So so I think it's good for people who like don't have a lot of experience in rap. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that, but this probably was one of my first like big exposures to rap that wasn't just kind of like the mainstream stuff, you know, growing up as a, as a, right. a white boy in a conservative Christian school, guess what? Rap didn't come up a whole, whole lot. So this <laughs> did kind of like spread that horizon. And like, I never would have really thought about like ideas of like indie rap, maybe before this album introduced me to, to you know, like you said, MF Doom, De La Soul, stuff like that. Yeah. I don't have a lot of opinions on rap. I like rap. Um, you know, but I, I can't really, <laughs> I, I can't speak to it too much, but I do think that gorillas. Yeah. I, I, I would probably agree as well that for me, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think back to the rapists that were probably huge or circa around like early mid 2000. Um, and I honestly can't come to the, can't come up with their name. For some reason, I keep wanting to say Tupac, not to say Tupac wasn't big, but I feel like Tupac was more nineties. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, which Tupac also has some good stuff, but um, rap, I think, large maybe it was largely the subject material. And this saying this is someone who like barely ever pays attention to what a song's talking about. <laughs> um, but I guess that didn't it didn't really wasn't really hitting me. And but I do remember Gorillas feeling like an exception at the time uh, in terms of maybe like that and Eminem you know, were kind of probably my, my bigger entries into sort of the rap or hip hop yeah. uh, genres. Um, and so I'm still honestly a big rap person, but I definitely, you know, when I'm going on my sort of mystery binges, just finding random playlists of music, like, you know, if the right rap song comes on, like I'm, I'm totally down to listen to it. Yeah. I'm, I'm largely the same way. Um, I mean, if I like a song, if I like a group, like I'll, you know, I'll dig into their stuff. Um, you don't need to be bound by genres, man. It's okay. <laughs> this album's not. One uh, interesting thing about the rap part. Um, so when I was listening to this, a lot of my friends are super into rap. And I um, I was looking this up online, but I didn't see a lot. So I think it might have just been something with my friends. But I guess there was some criticism amongst my friends about how, you know, Gorillaz was using all these Damon Albarn was like collaborating with all these artists, but like the credit is just gorillas, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so unless you like searched for the songs and did did your homework with with the gorillas album, you really know like who was contributing to the album unless you like knew who they were before, right? And uh, so that was like a big thing. I remember um, that they weren't crediting De La Soul, uh, the Clint Eastwood song that you mentioned uh, earlier. Um, that's like um, Del the Funky Hobo Sapiens, like top hitting song, but it gets credited to the gorillas, you know? And uh, 
I, so I noticed like more recently with the more recent albums, um, they're putting like gorillas featuring, yeah. um, you know, all the different artists. And so I wonder if some of that was uh, stemming from that criticism, but I didn't see a lot of that online. Uh, like uh, the, the one criticism that I saw was like kind of like cultural appropriation stuff, but not really like, you know, giving people their credit. So I, I'm sure every artist kind of knows going in that you're doing something weird with David Alburn. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No. I'm I'm sure this is not a, a situation where I don't I don't feel like he was taking advantage of them um, in any sort of way. He was like really collaborating with them. And you're right, like he or they've just gotten better kind of at that attribution aspect. Where maybe back right. then, because of the whole like virtual band thing, it's like oh well, this is like this is just gorillas, and it's you know it's this weird faceless thing. Um, where now yeah. so much of that has changed. Right. I mean, at this point, the mystery is kind of over with, right? right? It, not to right. say that there, there, obviously there was internet, you know, back in the early 2000s. But like I, I was saying earlier, like I, I had a hard enough time wrapping my concept around the idea of like the, a virtual band. And this, and on the flip side, like really didn't put any time or effort into figuring out. Yeah, you know, I didn't do my homework <laughs> on who was doing what uh, in the songs. But now that you know, virtual bands are more of a thing. I mean, not like there's not like a huge amount of them. Right. But just like with the, with internet being more mature and then people's, I guess, investigative skills, I don't know what you really want to call it. Um, it's, it's, it's harder to hide, so to speak, like the mystery, like, I mean, after basically what, almost 20 years, uh, or basically 20 years now, cause 2001 was when the first album launched. Um, I mean, you can only keep that particular mystery going for so long kind of like daft punk right like they're kind of a similar thing where they wear their helmets and you don't really know you're not really supposed to know who they are though i think you can find out yeah well and also too soon still know who they are too soon <laughs> sorry forever forever gone in our hearts but you're absolutely right and i think that i think that kind of helped in the early days of this of like why i didn't uh think about it too much because i didn't have a smartphone in my hand that I could now go around and just immediately search like, who is this? Who are these people? Who's behind it? Oh, Nick, I did want to ask you had a hard time wrapping your head around the idea that these aren't r real people, that they're like a virtual band. Did you think Alvin, Simon and Theodore were real singing chipmunks? <laughs> There's like really no good answer here, but no, no, no. I knew that they weren't real singing chipmunks. I mean, maybe when I was a little kid, I really hoped you know like right. i mean i also really hope that like the ninja turtles were real so i've had a lot of disappointment in my life but anyway <laughs> um no no i mean when i say that i mean it's sort of just like uh they're real to me damn know. it <laughs> it's still real to me at, at the time where like i had discovered gorillas you know it, it like i said i wasn't like doing my homework uh i was it wasn't it was really just like a, a quick thought of just, uh, oh, this idea of like a virtual band is kind of weird. I'm, you know, I wouldn't have even have associated gorillas as being a similar thing as Elvin. It, to me, like Elvin and the Chipmunks was, it was just a cartoon with singing chipmunks, right? Um, whereas like I was hearing about like gorillas putting on a concert and that, you know, they were hiding behind, you know, like these animated whatever green screens or special effects or something to display the characters. And I, I mean, I thought it was cool don't get me wrong. I just, yeah, I don't know. It, it confused me for whatever reason. Anyway. Well, you're, you're okay. Your secret is safe here. <laughs> On a public podcast. Yeah. 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 
Is there anything, as we're kind of winding down here, is there anything we, we haven't talked about that anybody wanted to bring up or mention? Um, yeah, I, you know, just, uh, one thing about the virtual, one quick thing about that. Um, I was, I was kind of reading about like the, like how gorillas kind of started as a thing. And I, um, uh, I, I won't go into the whole thing. I, I took a lot of notes on that, but, uh, maybe it's too long, but Damon Alvar basically, uh, he grew up uh, like his parents were like hippies and they were part of like some like musical, like conglomeration thing that included a lot of like African music and stuff. So he's like grown up with like a lot of different kinds of music. And um, so he mentions that being this like sort of like virtual thing and like this separate thing is sort of like a tool that allows him to sort of explore these other genres of music that he has a lot of interest in. And because it's like already kind of wacky that it's like these animated gorillas, uh, you can kind of do like whatever you want with them. And um, so it's like a way for him to like sort of explore that stuff. There, there's there's a lot of interviews and stuff. Um, if anyone's like curious, that's really interesting. Like I'm gonna go look up those interviews because that's a really cool idea of uh, using using this as a way to like explore different genres and, and kind of what we've talked about a little bit. You know, the performative element of it gives him a lot of freedom. Yeah, we turn to you, listening audience, to tell us your favorite track from Demon Days. We ask this on social media, so like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, put it out there. And uh, if you want to participate, you can go follow us there. Hit me one more pod and be part of all of this. Uh, we ask what your favorite album from Demon Days was. Before we get to your answers, I will turn this to the panel here. Rishi, what's your favorite song off the album? Oh, man. Uh yeah, I think it's uh Yeah, I, I guess it's like a little uh cheesy, but the favorite song is probably uh Feel Good Ink. Um uh, I know that's the hit. Um uh, but it's like so good. <laughs> and it just like blends rap and like acoustic like so well. And like what other song blends rap and acoustic? Like tell me one. Anyone, I, I dare you to tell me one. Uh, I don't, but, I, don't, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm with you on it. It's the one that I return to the most. Um, from this album and i love fire come out of the monkey's head um and dare's really great too but if, if there's anyone that like i come back to the most it's definitely feel good ink nick what say you um yeah you know i i, I was thinking of this question because i figured it'd come up on the podcast and i i was like jumping back through all the songs to listen to them and i mean it, it's hard not to say feel good ink um just because it's the most popular one and i am nothing if not a bandwagon jumper um <laughs> but yeah i think i want to say like in terms of like the melody uh songs like um i think it was don't get lost in heaven i actually uh like i, I really liked i mean all, all the songs are just so distinct and sort of what they 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 bring that it's hard like it's hard to have a preference, but certainly, you know, Feel Good Inc. has like the sort of pump it up, you know, poppy feel to it amongst all its other influences that's hard to ignore. Yeah, definitely. Well, here, audience, is what you had to say. Yeah, uh, big by Grig MMO on Twitter said, uh, Last Living Souls. Uh, I love this whole record, introduced it to my youngest son, and he loves it as much as me. That's good. Corrupt him early. <laughs> Phil Rude, uh, some guy, I don't know, I've never heard of him. Uh, Phil Rude said, fire coming out of the monkey's head because Dennis Hopper and because it's so odd. It's like performance art or a poetry slam. 
And Monica, friend of the show and our first guest, said my standard answer would be Feel Good Inc. because it's pure electric beat that gets you up on your feet. That sounded way better than what I said, Monica. Uh, my deep cut answer is November has come. It has that old school hip hop feel that brings nostalgia and just a general chill vibe. And uh, Sophie Shea, or yeah, Sophie Shea, aka Lisa. 3325 on Twitter. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing the handle there. Didn't have a, a name, so I'm just going with what I saw. But you followed up with Monica's response, uh, saying that you like those two she mentioned a lot, but that you would vote for Dirty Harry because you love the hook. And that's fair. Fair. And our previous guest, Pia of Crimes from the East, said Clint Eastwood. What more is there to say? And finally, Frank, a.k.a. Polaroid Fox, said, Feel Good Inc. slash El Manana, these should count as one song. I had not thought about that. It's interesting. I went back and listened to them. They do kind of have a nice time together uh, mixing up in there. Listening audience, if you want to participate, we'd love it if you would. Again, social media, hit me one more pod. That's all the ways to find us when we throw these questions out there. Now, we come to our moment of reflection. We ask... Is this worth visiting today, or is it better left to the Hall of Memory? Rishi, what do you think? What are your final thoughts on Demon Days? Yeah, you know, um, my memory of this before listening to it for this uh, for this podcast was, uh, um, you know, Gorillaz for me was like a jumping off platform uh like to the clash and to all sorts of stuff. Uh, De La Sola, as I mentioned earlier, just like nineties rap in general. Um, I feel like there's a lot of good pieces in here. Um, so if you're someone who like grew up with this album, then, uh, it, it could be fun to go back. Or if you're someone who's very light in your, in your rap music listening, then I encourage you to go back to this album. Otherwise, um, I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of in my heart just because it was like one of the first albums that really blew my pants off. Um, but, uh, you know, I got my pants now and uh, I'm listening to other music. <laughs> you now. got them back. <laughs> we got my pants back, guys. The end. Well, good good for you. Uh, Nick, what say you? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I have anything profound to to say about it, which is seems somewhat unfair given that I think the album's intention is to be profound. Uh, and in that case, it does succeed. It's it's very esoteric. Um, it mixes so many things. If we as as we've said, it's almost like there's it could there's definitely gonna be like a percentage of people that might find it off putting. But at the same time, it's almost like there's something there for everyone. And I think like Rishi's experience, it can act as a gateway into certain sounds um, or you know musical components that maybe you were ignoring. Um, like if you weren't really into rap or hip hop, like it's it's a great entry point into there that might help you find other excellent artists. Um, so I mean, listening to it again, you know, decades later, uh, I felt like it was just as good as it was then. I I, I enjoyed it. it, especially when I was drawing. I think it really helped me get into the zone. Um, so it, it's almost it's not quite lo-fi like the lo-fi chill beats or whatever you see on those YouTube videos. Um, but it's still I think really good both front and background noise um, to sort of like get your brain into a, a sort of weird creative place. Well there you go. There's an artist recommendation there. I enjoyed get, listening to this album all the way through again. It had been many years since I had um, but really kind of all it did was 
reinforce what I already liked about it and the tracks that I already liked. There was nothing that really hit me in a way of like, oh man, now I'm going to add this to the rotation. I mean, uh, you know, like El Manana um, was one that I'd kind of forgotten about and and like every plan out you reach is dead. Like there was some stuff that was like, oh, I kind of forgot about this. And this is like a cool thing, uh, cool track. But I think going down the road, my relationship with this album is going to remain kind of what it was, which is like, there's some songs that I really love, but overall it's not going to be in the rotation of, of full albums that I listen to. So I think it's one where, is it worth visiting again today? Yes. But I think it's also okay to just visit those tracks that you really like, unless you're like really big into gorillas or you're looking for something really kind of new and kind of different. Um, but overall, I I enjoyed it. Um, thought it was a good good album. Walking away, kind of the same way of like not as not any strong feelings one way or or the other. It's just like yeah, I enjoyed that. And of course, listening on it, we want to know what you think. Let us know on all social medias or email us. Hit me one more time. Pod at gmail dot com. Rishi, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me here. Where can people find you and what you're up to? Find Rishi B on Twitter, Instagram, and the Healthy Schmelty Facebook page. Look it up. Nick, thanks for being here. Thank you, as always, David. Where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at palblamshazam underscore art or on Twitter at palblamshazam. And if people want to find me, that is Davluz, D-A-V-L-U-Z, Twitter, Instagram, find me there. Listening audience, thank you so much for being here today. We do this show for you. We do this show because of you. Remember, you can't move forward if you're always looking back. We'll see you next time. Hey!